0: hey what's up sam hey nathan how's it going i'm doing pretty good why are you laughing sam <laughs> because <laughs> we can't count and clap at the same time
1: uh man, it's, it's okay it's an early morning and uh i think this is um the first time we've ever we've ever done this
0: uh yeah we uh we we did a we did a recording yesterday of this very same podcast and we hated it so,
1: basically, immediately after
0: we stopped recording, it was just kind of like uh, that was awful. Yeah, we're not uh, we're not going to release that one. So we came, we're back from from the past with uh, a, a new with the same same episode, uh, same but topic. Yeah, this yeah. time with fancy planning. I'm, uh, I'm
1: no longer. I think the last time I was just distracted by my really good pickles,
0: and yeah cheese curds that i was munching on the whole time which i maintain is disgusting
1: yeah i think it was distracting me i think uh, i will tell you these peppers i mean the pickles that i got from this market yesterday um are incredibly tasty but very 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 hot and i did not have a pleasant morning so dude just, it, <laughs> just, just saying. it was uh, <laughs> gosh they're so good though anyway so that is not a problem today nice No, no food to distract me. So I I was also drinking a a beer, which I think if I just or it was a mead, and if I just have one mead during the day, I just get sleepy and I just want to go to take a nap.
0: That's it. Yeah, yeah.
1: That that probably didn't help.
0: I generally reserve mead for the mead hall. Um, never mind. Beowulf reference. Have you read Beowulf? In like high school. Yeah
1: long time ago
0: yeah but you I think know i there's, read the
1: cliff notes not the actual uh, i don't think i actually read a whole book in high school it's really sad
0: you know in high school well let's see so in high school i read i can't remember what it was I, oh it was jurassic park we had to read jurassic park for some reason that's awesome which was amazing didn't get any books that cool we oh were dude reading like anne of green gables that was probably middle school yeah exactly but... it was all terrible like To Kill a Mockingbird, I know it's a good book and everything, but I was bored. And anyway, I read Jurassic Park and it was like, holy crap. I'm pretty sure I read that book as seriously as a 10th grader in about the equivalent of like five or six hours. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. When it's it was, cool when you have books like that.
1: I, I do remember actually reading a few books, and they were always Stephen King novels. Oh, nice. And uh, and I never, ever wanted to read what we were supposed to, so I don't think I did. But oh, they were, it's not like I never read a book. It's just uh, I never read what books were signed. So.
0: Oh, yeah, me neither. <laughs> I would say almost never. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm a wedding photographer, because... Yeah, you don't have to read anything. Yeah. it's all about ever. <laughs> It's all about looking at photos. I think I can do that pretty well. Man. Yeah, If my assignment was to like look at a photo and analyze a photo instead of do a book report, I probably would have done pretty well in high school. (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of people would be photographers. But
1: um, anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know what your deal was yesterday, but that was definitely, I was just distracted by good food and relaxing.
0: I was just Um, distracted by how bad you were. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just well, it's a tough topic. So we're we're going to talk about something that I think is inherently kind of boring. Uh what we both did when when we started as professionals, which is just event photography. Yeah. And, and maybe we should explicitly cuz I was talking to Nessa about this topic and she was she had a totally different idea in her head of what event photography was versus what we we shoot. Oh, and really? It, Yeah, yeah, because she came from a newspaper background. When she would go photograph an event, she would have to do a variety of things, including portraits of key people and stuff like that. And the events that we've shot, I mean, there is a bit of a spectrum, but basically they land on a one-hour press conference with one or just a few handful of people talking uh, with maybe a few Q&A questions and answers at the very end. Um, to like a, an evening reception for an alumni, a school alumni group of people, and um, and and that sort of thing, and then and then in the middle between those, there would be the occasional like panel discussion where right. people are just sitting at a table, um, speaking one at a time, and then Q and A at the end. Those are the kinds of events that we shoot, right? Those are the big ones. A lot of corporate and just sort of fundraising
0: groups yeah yeah i mean they can be kind of anything um but yeah that kind of that kind of generally covers it yeah and the
1: coverage that we would be expected to deliver was sort of always the same like
0: wide rim shot if it was full try and uh make it look full <laughs> try make look it, make i get that all the time make this oh, yeah. can you just make it look like there's a lot of people here like, and make them, only it one it person look like here
1: one person in the <laughs> room is actually 70 <laughs> <laughs>
0: which i would say i do remarkably pretty good job of doing i feel like every time
1: i feel like it really helps to have at
0: least one video camera in the back because then you can kind of shoot with them
1: in the foreground to sort of make a yeah make it look eventful when sadly it's usually or I, i shouldn't say usually but often it's it's not the case it's it's kind of yeah um these days it's hard to get people to like come out and actually attend a press conference like why not just Post a blog post about it on your yeah. website and social media, and people will get all the information they need. Um, and and just do like a live tweet for any Q and A. I guess that's, that's probably the most value a press conference has these days is the actual real time Q and A component. Yeah, that's probably the only real value. In all honesty. Well, you, uh, they
0: have to they have to put it on record that they're doing something. So that's basically all they do. In fact, I I've done a lot of events where. It's just... It has been a press conference where there's just one person in the crowd, and all they're doing is saying on record, it's hey, like we're f- going to do yeah. this thing. It's a formal announcement of the exact cause or the
1: whatever. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And so, yeah, for instance, I was at the press club um, a few weeks ago, and the city of... Oh, gosh. City of Birmingham... Was trying to get Birmingham to be a national, recognized as a national park because of all the civil rights, uh, all the huge civil rights mm. things that have happened in Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And so there was only, you know, there's only like five or 10 people in the audience, but they had the mayor of Birmingham, they had like two, they had a senator and a couple of congressmen there uh, to basically say, yes, we're supporting this there was like maybe one question that came in from Twitter or something like that. And the conference was over in like 45 minutes. Yeah. But that was the whole point was to just kind of get it on record, get some photos of it um, and put it out there that this is something that they're doing. So it's interesting to be a part of those things actually. I mean, you say it's, you know, you preface this whole thing with this is a slightly boring subject, but at the same time it's not boring enough for me not to do it i like it
1: no yeah no, i agree uh, it is kind of cool to feel like you're there when history is is being like made even if it's not an interesting thing like it's still on the record and yeah. so in some some essence it's historical and you're there witnessing this occurring but from a creative photography perspective we talked about this a lot yesterday you know you're, you're working in a much more defined set of expectations a much more rigid box than say yeah. wedding photography um, because they're not looking for a presumed uh, you know color spread free shot for, for for their needs uh, yeah, to go they, out with the
0: press release or whatever it right? has to be it's, standard
1: yeah it does have to conform a little bit which makes really interesting uh where even the post-processing is is real quick and dry much my mind doesn't have really any faded like tone curve stuff it's my my post-processing for event work is is very similar to what it is just in the camera yeah. i mostly just do white balance tweaks
0: yeah um just make it look good
1: yeah and it's kind of cool to be working on this using that as kind of this leveler to where I think a lot of wedding photographers do have this signature look, this differentiator to their style, just because of a, an interesting thing they do in post processing or a technique that they use, like you or not, like you or I do with uh, shooting through various things. Um, mm-hmm. And not having those to lean on uh, means your only real differentiating component is the the I don't know. I guess well, it would just be the quality of the
0: yeah, and the and the quality. The sto- it- the shot i
1: don't know well don't know how to describe
0: it's, it. It. it's not just the quality, but you know the the moment that you get, yeah is the only thing that really is all that different from what the guy right next to you is getting if his camera went off or her camera went off like right after yours or right before i don't yeah, know yeah
1: and it's it it's- bl- always blown my mind, even up to last week when I did an event where literally the Getty photographer guy was standing right next to me and got what I thought was a way superior shot just much more to the point and like you saw the everything you needed to in the frame and just this peak expression of the the subject was perfect and uh you know he it, it was right next to me it was like there's no way this could be very different than, than what I'm getting and and it was and it was, and it, was and it was so funny to me and I saw you know this was a Getty photographer so his his work was out on the the wire like within the hour of um, this event and uh, it was really crazy for me to see that and just be reminded yet again that you have no idea what another photographer, f- you, you you cannot judge another photographer's ability or vision based on what you see happening on the outside just purely by observation um they could be st- standing right next to you yeah. and it, it makes all the difference in the world and uh anyway but it's really fascinating to me that that that's sort of the where the Differentiation lies, and in, in compared to wedding photography, where you have a, a lot of other arenas, a lot of other layers in the process, where you can carve out something unique for yourself. Uh, with news stuff, it's it's basically just that perfect decisive moment and and turnaround time. Um, so
0: yeah, which, so turnaround time is is interesting because with you know with with weddings, you're you're what four. Four or five weeks, or something. What's your turnaround yeah, time? Like? Usually, f- exactly that.
1: Or maybe five weeks yeah. for this this time of year. Yeah, <laughs> it's like five, Yeah, five I've been telling
0: my, uh, yeah, I've been telling my clients five weeks uh, for pretty much this whole year. And um, with these events that we're shooting, a lot of times, especially if it's a press conference, they probably want whatever shot that they needed right then because they're getting yeah. that they're getting that conference. They're publishing the press conference. They want that shot in with the with uh, the announcement right away, so you have right. to sit down and and just knock it out right there, it's, and then they want the full everything else either right there also day. or next day <laughs> yeah um, which
1: makes it really tough to to be able to go through and pull just the absolute strongest images i think it is much more about quantity versus quality when in, in the full galleries of of what you give. yeah the um the, the event uh, clients versus a wedding where yeah quantity is really good but i try and make every shot really awesome and each shot different one to the next
0: mm-hmm. um, in, in terms of for a wedding
1: yeah for yeah, a wedding okay. for for event stuff i'm going to give six or seven different expressions of the same guy speaking yep. at the same mic exactly <laughs> like, or more you know and, and a few portrait and a few landscape like give them as much variety and option as you as you can where um, yeah, i would not do that with a wedding day because yeah, i
0: yeah yeah because you they may tell you they want this type of shot but they don't necessarily tell you hey we need it in portrait orientation so i've ha- i've had that before yeah. where i'll shoot something and I'll get them exactly what they need, uh, except they come back and say, Hey, um, why isn't this in portrait? And I'm like, Well, because nobody ever wants that. I, I don't, he didn't ask me to give you that in portrait. And so I'll find one that I did do in portrait and hand that over um, nice. or something. But in since then, I've learned kind of, I'm just going to give exactly, I'm going to give them everything. I'm going to give them a bunch of different options so I don't have to communicate with them more than once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> which, that's true. Which can be, it, that can be kind of a challenge actually right there. We, we didn't really which, talk about this beforehand, but communicating with an event client is usually very professional. Um, but, that's true. Yeah. But it's also, it can be a lot. Like I, I kind of approach events the wh- same way that I approach a wedding or a similar way that I approach weddings where, I don't really necessarily care to know what is going to happen at the event other than I I would like to know what kind of shot, what particular shot you guys need or what what you really need out of the photography. Because they're not hiring a photographer because they want this great story. They are hiring a photographer, which we can get into in a second, but they're hiring you. To, to have a specific shot of a specific person exactly. doing a specific thing or a specific yeah. type of thing. Hey, Hey, yeah. Nathan, we really need you to capture a lot of candid photos or something like that. And I'm like, okay, so I'll focus on candid photos. Or sometimes they'll come up and say, Hey, Nathan, we really want you to get a lot of shots of groups of people looking at the camera. I'm like, okay. So yeah. in that way, especially as a wedding photographer, uh, I, And a documentary ninja type wedding photographer that I don't like. Definitely as a wedding ninja. No, definitely as a wedding ninja. Sorry. Maybe I should just, maybe that's my new thing. Um, Yeah, dude. That's your your tagline. That's my deal. So as a wedding wedding ninja, ninja. uh, as a wedding samurai, I will um, bring honor to your wedding. (laughs) Um, And I, anyway. (laughs) <laughs> I've lost my train of thought now. Oh, as a... Let's not have a repeat of yesterday, no. please. As a wedding uh, photographer, I try to capture everything, but kind of stay a little bit in the shadows, grab, so, grab candid shots, and kind of document the day as it happens without too much uh, fiddling on my part. I don't want to stage very much, yeah. um, which is just my style. A lot, of, a lot of photographers do that differently, and that's cool. Sure. Um, but for events I'm also uh, that would be my natural inclination to approach event and shoot everything candid but if they don't want that they can't use that then there's no point in hiring me so when they say hey Nathan we want a lot of pose shots that's cool because that stretches me to try something a little different you know like an Indian mm-hmm. wedding where all they want is group shots um, mm-hmm. it can stretch you to, to really go outside your comfort zone and learn something new definitely
1: I think one of the cool things is I think honestly doing wedding or sorry events uh, photography in the way that we started is is the best way to start as a photographer because what's really interesting is that a lot of these are public events so we're not necessarily the only photographer there and it's such a great learning experience yeah. to- be side by side with other photographers that have probably a lot more experience than you and be able to observe and maybe mirror or pick up on things. That's how I've literally, that's how I learned about what lenses I should probably be shooting with, uh, in, in terms of like a 2.8 zoom lens. Um, because every single person had a 70-200. So, you know, I eventually grew out of really liking that lens because because everybody used it. But in the beginning, when I was just, like, trying to survive mm-hmm. and keep up, this was amazing to just have this opportunity to, to witness uh, compared to second shooting a wedding where you're maybe separated from the primary photographer a lot of the day or you're expected to be doing coverage somewhere else. Um And and you don't have necessarily that observation, um, you know, opportunity. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And all their events are, or sorry, all their images that these other news photographers make are generally made public or at least put on the wire in a way that you could actually look it up and see the photos that they got and kind of compare them to your own. And then suddenly realize what you freaking need to do differently, which is incredible. It's super, super valuable learning experience.
0: I'll, I'll give you a great example. Um, I was shooting something a long time ago, uh, man, really long time ago, probably when I was first starting. And, uh, (laughs) is is Ted Turner, I think was the guy that was there. And, (laughs) and, uh, Rachel, Rachel, what's her name? Uh, Anyways, uh, there was a few celebrities there. Um, and they were in front of a step and repeat and I was supposed to get photos of that. And so I'm sitting there taking photos and I'm kind of getting okay stuff, but I'm not really knowing what I'm doing. This is one of the first time I've shot in front of a step and repeat for people who don't know what step and repeat is. Um, I thought it was stamp and repeat. Is, is it step and repeat? Step and repeat, as far as I know. Maybe, no, maybe no. it is. Sta- no, it's a step and repeat. So what it is is it's just it's that um, it's that background with logos on it that people get photos taken yeah. in front of. Uh, Clients
1: so, are definitely keen on having that a part of the picture. <laughs> yeah, it really
0: so, yeah. helps for their branding where they can say, "Hey, they were at this event. This is our sign, etc." So I was taking photos of Ted Turner and some like babes basically that he was like that he was like hanging out with which was really funny um oh, wow. and he in front of the step and repeat um it is and, step and repeat you're right yeah i,
1: I must sound like an idiot
0: to no. these uh clients
1: whenever i've been like yeah the stamp and repeat <laughs>
0: they're like we're never hiring this guy again
1: it just makes sense though it's a stamp you know, it's the same logo over and over and over
0: so sure that, anyway, anyway i was taking photos in front of this thing and this other photographer is right next to me and he is just blasting images away like he's just bam 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 okay stand here stand here stand here bam 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 and he oh, is like changing it up like really just controlling the whole yeah, he was totally, he was setting up all these shots. He was like, hey, Ted, look <laughs> at me. And he was grabbing these photos, like, whoa, this guy is so pro. He is completely, <laughs> totally taking over my job right now.
1: Oh, no. He was, well, he was a, a, he
0: was a pro photographer. He was like a Getty or something photographer. Yeah, but
1: you were the event yes. photographer for this? And yeah. so,
0: and he, re- I think what happens, he realized I was a noob and he just, he just knew that I was getting in his way. So he just got what he needed. <laughs> oh, nice. And so, and that kind of, that kind of thing has happened to me since then. I've understood you really need in these events in some cases, especially if there's celebrities present in those cases, you need to make opportunities to get the photos that you need. Um,
1: yeah. And it, it's really surprising. Let me know if I interrupted no, a, go another, ahead. but um, the, the, they will listen to you. People will do yep. what you ask when you're the photographer, when it's clear that you're supposed to be there and that it's like, it's supposed to be, you know, obviously it's going to be a little awkward if you roll in, uh, in some back alleyway and you try and do some weird thing. Like uh, if you're there as a photographer, it's clear that this is a public event and you're supposed to be there. Like, people will do what you ask. That's the yeah. entire, um, reason I was able to do the, the portrait series that I started because I, I realized this, that, Oh, I'm here, I'm the photographer, I can roll through a receiving line with everybody, people will look at me when I tell them to, they they smile when I tell them to, they stand where I tell them to, yeah. even George Clooney will stand where I tell him to, like, holy crap, yep. I can just quickly pull off a portrait, hey, okay, now, now come over here, stand right here, we're doing a quick shot, you just keep that momentum, and just say whatever you, you need, and it will happen, it's really, I've never had anybody say... No, we're not doing that. I'm out of here. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: no, I'd rather stand over here. Is that okay? Like, I've, I've not, I don't think, maybe a subtle small thing, but nothing that even registers on my memory.
0: Like, yeah, or like, this is my good side. And you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. You don't have to be
1: shy about um, giving direction at these, especially public events, because nobody wants to start any sort of. Uh, argument or weird interaction when they know they're being kind of watched like a hawk by journalists and other f- photographers and
0: stuff. So, um, so my question is why? Wh- like why? I know that's is how you, it's how you got your start basically, but why do you continue to shoot events like in, instead of just focusing oh, well. solely on weddings?
1: Yeah, and, and this maybe will tie into the fact that like I make so much more money doing weddings than events, right? But right. Um, weddings are they're kind of a scarce resource in that you can only do a wedding on a Saturday yep. or a Sunday or occasional Friday, you know, occasional maybe Monday or weekday if it's an elopement, if but it's, it's elopement, very yeah. very rare. That is totally an exception.
0: The rule is that a wedding on a Saturday. In DC, I feel like. Yeah, weddings know. on a Saturday. What? I was ju- well. I was just gonna say. I feel like I see lots of awesome elopements out of um, you know out of Dylan and Ben and all those people up in Portland. Everybody's getting elopements out there. In DC, yeah, I feel like that doesn't really go on no. too much.
1: And even out there, you c- I would love to meet anybody who's made a career where their bread and butter chunk of their revenue comes from elopements. You just That's can't charge part. what you can charge on a on a Saturday for an elopement because they're Monday through Friday. There's so many, if you could sure. get a wedding every single day of the week, then the the price of what that costs would definitely go down. And, um, I agree with events. It's similar. I have a different rate for my events than I do for weddings because, uh, events are a lot less, um, you know it's not once it might be really important it may not happen again but it's not once in a lifetime like you're not going to ruin someone's entire dream from when they were a little kid up till now by by losing their their press conference photos right <laughs> like, right uh, a wedding day is so much more responsibility and liability and it's so it, it, like because people do have a lot more layers in their process in terms of heavy post processing and you know maybe some cool effect or thing that they're known for None of that applies to event photography. So it's it's a lot more fluid and uh you don't necessarily you're not able to charge as much. Uh it's just right. the fact is um it, it's not the same responsibility. And I forgot where I was going with this
0: point. Well, my but question was getting mad. why why do you shoot events? So given, oh, yeah, given yeah, yeah,
1: but but it is something to fill your time on the weekday. Where yeah, I might be editing and doing client meetings, but it's kind of nice to keep shooting and, and yeah. getting that practice and working. Um, just getting the the gears in my head turning in the opposite direction for
0: even an hour or two. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say it's, it's refreshing. It is. It's nice to. I think part of the reason I like event shooting events during the week is because they are so different from uh, a wedding in, in terms of you know with a wedding of course there's all kinds of different emotions there's there's all kinds of different people that can be coming together and it's unscripted generally i mean there's a schedule that a planner has designed or a bride and groom have decided on um but other than that it is very anything can happen uh you could have (laughs) i mean it's it's an awesome uh a responsibility to be to take photos for something that is very difficult to uh, very difficult to predict and difficult to shoot, and you have to perform anyway. With wed- with events, everything's very much scripted out. Hey, we need this particular photo for a promotion that we're doing, or hey, we're we uh, we're going to have um, you know Senator is- McCain. <laughs> yeah. He's he's going to be at our event. And we, we want you to, you know, we want to make sure to get a really good photo of him. He's going to be reading this for this amount of time. Exactly. And it, that's he's it. He's going to be standing here. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, and you have to, and it, it is cool. Cause you, you do have in, especially in those kind of like high pressure environments, you have to, uh, you know, you have to get a, a cool shot. Um, but it's, especially going back to how you, you know, we did, we edit very differently and much more bare bones. Uh, much more standard for an event. Um, it gets your it gets your head just completely off of of weddings and then you can when you can bring creativity uh, I think a lot easier into your your weddings if you're doing something kind of meted out um, yeah. during the week yeah definitely so.
1: and and it's um, yeah, it's just fantastic too i think to be in this much more scripted sort of box that I, I literally when i walk into most of these rooms i feel like okay now i'm trapped in a box <laughs> this, this yeah. event isn't gonna leave this room it's uh, and and have to start picking up on things and ways of doing the photos that keep it interesting for you when i was at the press club shooting every single day i would frame stuff up and start just photographing with my eyes closed just to like practice uh Pre-visualizing how words were shaping people's lips to get like the the best expression from them, and Mm -hmm. weird little games like that to like try and make it interesting. And one of the most valuable takeaways in working in these events and in these boxes were. The fact that i still tried to tell a story which now i'm realizing was completely unnecessary like like you said in the beginning clients don't really need a story of people getting their name tags and people shaking hands and people sitting down and reading the booklet and they don't need that for it's great to see in a full gallery of an event but they don't they're not going to use those pictures for anything unlikely they might use one in some like random program so that's great you did them a favor but that's not the expectation right they They have a very defined list of criteria that they need. And uh, storytelling isn't really a part of that. But what's cool is when you can be in this really strict set of circumstances and still sort of pick up on these, create a little story for yourself of of what's happening in this event, Um, sort of making a story out of of nothing a lot of times, like on a wedding day, you pick up a lot of sort of these hidden sub stories that are happening away from the obvious components of the wedding and what is your general wedding moments, right? Your, your dress being put on and all that, you kind of are much more aware of these other little things that happen that, um,
0: the interesting thing for yeah. me about events that I'm realizing is that getting a feel for since the, since the, uh, client just wants generally one type of image or something, especially for press conferences, they want one image, usually if that's going out on the wire, all they need is one shot from an entire uh, press conference, which could could last an hour or more, um, in which you're taking 50 to or you're delivering, you know, 50 to 100 photos, or you're snapping at least, you know, four or 500, 600 photos they only need one shot. And so I find it very interesting to try to tell the entire story of an event through just one photo. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, there's some words attached to that image, but if the CIA director or something is like giving a speech on national security, getting just one shot of him at a podium, that's all that anyone is ever really going to see from this event. So Mm -hmm. Grabbing that one shot and trying to tell a story of that, uh, just what they're talking about through that one image, I think is also kind of a cool challenge. Definitely, but what's really funny
1: is that that one shot you might be really satisfied with and it might be in your event section of your portfolio, it's never the shot that the client wants. And it's so funny because they see that portfolio and they're like, oh, these are amazing, these look beautiful, but when it comes time for their actual event, it matters that you can see the stamp and repeat, and it's not just lost in beautiful step, shallow step, depth of field. Step and in in repeat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, it matters. Like they suddenly realize, "Oh crap!" But we can't. We can't read what the signage is, and it's not something that they necessarily pick up on when they're looking at other event photos. They just see really pretty photos with the really interesting shallow depth of field or free lens stuff, or or really amazing, like you said all-encompassing shot of the story but you can't actually make out the famous person's face very well or as well as they need for their Mm -hmm. website so it's just it's kind of hilarious to be able to have a portfolio of events that people are blown away by but when it actually comes time to pick the pictures that provide them the most utility it's always something so boring boring. yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's so generic that's what you went with come on I mean, seriously, I, I think I we mentioned that the last time, like this event for the flu shot that I cover every year, or one of us does, like it's the same doctor getting the shot every time his tie is different, but like, they yes. could use the same picture from last year. <laughs> Why are you guys paying for this every year? You, you know, Don't tell the client that I suppose. Hopefully they're not listening. I highly doubt it, but um, yeah, I guess we should remember podcasts are forever. That's true. I do love that podcasts I'm, I'm discovering kind of exist in their own little universe. Yeah. Because they're not they're not like searchable text. There's, at least right now, no like transcribed, no service to transcribe what is said on a podcast. So it's kind of nice to, to have them exist this way. Yes. Uh, and on a side note, if anybody's ever heard of it, but it is a huge big time podcast that I highly recommend. It's called, um, oh crap, I have to look. It's not called it crap. on. Well,
0: Oh crap, the podcast. Oh, this is
1: really sad. I cannot believe it. I don't remember. The Nerdist with Chris Hardwick, which is uh, he's an incredibly um that have a successful
0: any, comedian. Does that have any affiliation with nerdist.com? It is the same. Oh, because they have a whole bunch of podcast I mean, they, they produce a lot of a lot of content. Like Mike and Tom Eat Snacks and uh, Cashing In with T J Miller. That's all underneath. Maybe it's
1: not affiliated. Nope, it is. It is. It is the same. So they do have podcast. But what's really amazing is this guy, Chris Hardwick, is a great interviewer, and he's able to get celebrities to open up to him for like an hour, hour and a half, which is totally different than your general like talk show interview or even newspaper interview with a with a reporter. Um, it, and it exists in this sort of podcast universe where they said some sort of shocking, surprising things to me that just don't get reported on or put out anywhere in the world. Um, Give me an example. I don't know. I I can't think of anything super, uh, nothing that's changed my life or anything, Um, but just, just crazy stories of, of, um, how something went down at, on on the set of some movie. That's or, true, yeah. Like, some drug usage that they did in the past that I was really surprised that they were so honest and transparent about. Uh, just random stuff like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's because podcasts exist in this sort of weird section of the internet. They've got their own little hidden corner.
0: Yeah, I, I like him. Um, I just started listening to Being Boss, uh, which is a pretty cool podcast on owning your own business. Just kind of oh, neat. Cool. Yeah, there's no shortage. Uh, we also got. Um,
1: I don't know if you had any closing ideas about this specific topic, but I, I did want to point out the uh,
0: our first negative review on oh, iTunes. That's, yeah, that's uh, yeah. We we got one. They, yeah. They basically, Do you they basically said uh, that it sounds like you guys are just talking in a room. And I was like, okay. <laughs> just talking
1: about whatever comes to mind uh, or something like that.
0: I was like, well, yeah. you know, I mean, there's some structure here, but uh, yeah, basically, that's what, kind of what we're going for. Uh, I, I, I think, like, I like think being that able. The reviewer to, got to us. I think that's why our episode yesterday was so bad. Uh, that's probably it. Yeah. Well, I hope you revel in your victory, but here we are doing the exact same thing you didn't want us to do. So whatever.
1: <laughs> we, I think, are firmly established in the two dudes talking genre of.
0: Podcasts. By the way, last time we were podcasting yesterday, you um, you brought up an, a very interesting statistic that I would love for you to reiterate. And this has nothing to do with events uh, or anything like that, but. Can you explain the Flickr Facebook phenomenon, please? Yes. I want to read this review real quick. Real quick, Like listening to a phone call between two
1: guys in the middle of other things, which is the perfect description of what our podcast is like. Although we are in fact, not think, in the
0: middle of other things.
1: I think the idea for the podcast literally came while we were having a discussion about something over a phone call while we were driving home. <laughs> like, uh, it's hilarious. One star. Thank you, Odif. Thirteen five seven nine.
0: I'm not. Really, I'm not. Uh, I'm not too. I don't care that much about this. I don't know. I don't know Sam why you're so fixated on this negative review.
1: Oh, I'm not. I just think it's funny. I just think it's funny that it's a ne- it's a one star review and it's an exact description of what our podcast is. Yeah. And so it's funny if because you don't lack
0: like it, you can get out.
1: It's just funny, because everybody else really enjoys it, and this person just clearly doesn't get it. But I don't think that warrants a one-star, because that's the exact point of the... Listen,
0: if you don't like the one-star review, Sam, you can get out! (laughs) Easy there. Um... Listen, people are allowed to have the wrong opinions. You
1: wanted to know, okay, so to wrap up. Yeah,
0: explain the Flickr Facebook phenomenon. I was
1: listening to yet another podcast, and uh, an engineer from Facebook was on there talking about a lot of their privacy, how they've evolved their privacy rules for photos specifically, and how photos are reported, and how photos can be taken down or not, and all this interesting stuff. And back in, he described an incident in 2011, right around the Christmas holidays, where the Facebook, most of the Facebook staff went home for vacation or what have you. And, um, they got back to literally millions of reported photos, uh, where 99% of the time, somebody was just unhappy with the way they looked in a picture or was like maybe hugging up on an ex a little too much. It wasn't like an offensive, horrible case of drug use or nudity. It was mostly, uh, just totally people being embarrassed. And, um, they, they were like, what has happened? Uh, well, they over that holiday, I, th- I want to say it was less than a week, mm-hmm. had as many photos uploaded to Facebook as Flickr at that time had ever had uploaded to the entirety of the Flickr.
0: In ever since ever since Flickr started platform ever exactly
1: <laughs> All in a few days of the holiday insane. season. On yeah, I think it's safe to say. Yeah, ever since then, Facebook has only gotten even. Larger with with photos. I mean, it's unbelievable, and having to try and manage all the crazy uh, uh, reports that I'm sure and, and comments and offenses that people have over every single picture that uh, that's out there. I mean, it was an interesting discussion that was on a podcast called Radiolab, which is also really really great.
0: To me, it's it's very as a photographer, it's interesting to. Uh, it's interesting to know that. Or to hear that uh, Facebook is the um, largest uh, cache of photos uh, anywhere. In the world. Uh, yeah. Uh, via any service. Like, obviously, way bigger than Smug Mug or clicker or anything Except like that i would that. be
1: really curious to see I, don't, I guess you don't really count iPhoto in that but i would imagine since that's where all the pictures sit even the ones that you don't upload all the duplicates i would imagine apple has a larger cachet of pictures Cache, cache?
0: is it cachet stamp and repeat no, i feel like we have that debate every single podcast so to wrap up let's let's really quickly go back to event photography what what is it about event photography that you like that you really enjoy
1: I like the the standardization of it the the fact that what's expected of me is is pretty clear cut and I have to come up with my own sort of games and and rules of what I'm going to do and why to to make it interesting for myself um that, that's my biggest thing. Uh, it's also, we didn't really talk much about like the challenges of, of the lighting and all of that. You're kind of at the mercy of whatever the videographer set up, if there's a videographer at the event, which there usually is. Um,
0: yeah, I and, always uh, love... I, I kind of like that. I always love when I show up and there's a videographer because, number one, they're on my team in terms of... <laughs> Like, if there's a client being, like, a total jerk or, like, the client sucks or something, they're like, oh, man, that client sucks. And you're like, yeah, you're the videographer. All, this is awesome. All videographers are kind of, like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the like. friendliest bunch. No, but they're all mm. they're usually pretty cool guys and uh, or gals, but very rarely is there a gal. More gals should be videographers. Anyway.
1: Yeah, I don't understand that. Um, yeah.
0: I don't know. I just feel like it's a boring job altogether. No offense to videographers out there, but...
1: Well, that sucks because we can get a few shots and be like, all right, we got that that person. We can chill for a minute or get yeah. creative with it on our own uh, video. They are like, they have to stand there and watch the screen the entire event to make sure nothing cuts out. <laughs> or, or
0: they're this. just sitting there reading Game of Thrones while, <laughs> while there's just a static shot for two straight hours. Yeah, but they tend to get crap about that, I feel like. But I, I, maybe it's changed. I, I don't know. know. But uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I I like wedding or I like event photography just because it's a it's, it's a good way to get my. I feel like it's a good way to kind of get me out of the house and get me, get my brain thinking in a different direction, uh, and I just kind of use it as an opportunity to find some really neat shots in an otherwise boring environment.
1: Yeah, definitely not a.
0: Definitely zero financial motivation shooting those. Yeah, oh, near near zero. Near <laughs> zero. Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah. for me. I, I guess it's it's probably about I don't know, maybe twenty percent of my income during the year might be that. Yeah. Um, and it's like less than
1: f- a percent for me. Well, it, yeah, not,
0: but yeah, just because
1: I don't do it very often. I was
0: going to say, but, um, but so I, I I do enjoy kind of. Getting out and meeting some new, some some different types. Getting out in the corporate world and like re- remembering how terrible it is, and how glad I am that I'm not in <laughs> it. <laughs> That's a good point. Because I, uh, I do you have a do you have a card? Like duh. Uh, no, I don't have. because was like I was like yeah, I have a card. It's awesome. You're gonna love it, and you're never gonna contact me again. Here you go. Here's my card. Yeah. Um, but I one thing, oh, man. See, we're now we're we could talk more about this subject. Actually, I realized because. Uh, I do talk. I do, you know, there is an opportunity to meet more clients while you're out and everything. Anyway, um, we can talk about that later. But what do you got going on this weekend?
1: Oh, a wedding tomorrow, wedding Saturday, or, or sorry, Saturday and Sunday. Tomorrow is Saturday. And then uh, two different weddings. And then um, I'll be in New York for Monday through Thursday for a, uh, I guess it's sort of a conference. It's like a little mini workshop for looks like film, which would be kind of neat. Cool. small, Smaller group thing, and uh, that's it. Uh, essentially, nothing else of interest. Our bathroom is still being renovated. so Nice. Well, it's the
0: three-and-a-half-month mark now. <laughs> oh, man, that sucks, dude. Dude,
1: I know. It's crazy.
0: It's looking right. good,
1: but just taking so
0: long. Sweet. What about you? Um, I've got... Yeah, I've also got a wedding on Saturday and another, uh, an early one on Sunday. I Start at eight thirty a.m. end at five, and end at four thirty. Oh, that's, um, I love those on Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. But uh, dude, on s- the Saturday wedding, I still don't have a schedule for. Uh, they don't have. They they have been super hands off with me, and it is like even a start time. I I actually don't know when I'm supposed to be there. now. that would stress me. Um, that's the bare minimum of what I want. It's like, what time do I need to be there? And it's on a hurricane weekend. And it's on a military base that I have to have all kinds uh, of credentials to get into. I I thought I saw the hurricane
1: was going to taper off way south of us. Yeah, so get some rain. I
0: I, I was going to say we'll probably get a a good amount of rain. I would assume. Um, Interesting. But yeah, so
1: this this will be my first weekend trying out the new Nikon one hundred and five f one point four. I'm kind of excited. I thought that would the one hundred and five millimeter range would kind of be a dead zone for me, but I've just kind of started to realize that I hate eighty five, and the one thirty five lens just sucks so bad. Yeah, Uh, the Nikon it's such an old design and it misses focus
0: and soft and blah and yeah. I do I do kind of feel like eighty five for me has just been not quite close enough lately.
1: Yeah, I do. One of my favorite features in Nikon cameras is the in camera crop. So you can yes, like step too. up your your crop in camera. <laughs> I use it way too
0: much for a yeah. I use it all the
1: time. Oh, yeah. But uh, I use it all the time with the 85 to make it a 135 exactly. essentially. Yeah. And uh, you lose some resolution, but not, not that much. And uh, with a 105, you crop it up. It's probably close to the like, I don't know, 150 equivalent, something yeah. like that. So that's enough reach. I don't need 200 millimeter. No. So uh, I'm sort of excited. And it's a 1.4. It's a huge lens. There's so much glass in that thing. It's not that heavy, but it's like the size of a Canon 85 1.2, which if anybody out there uses that lens, it's gigantic. But it'll be fun to try it out this weekend. I don't anticipate keeping it, but we'll see.
0: That's cool. Well, um, have fun with that. Um, All right, dude. And uh, we'll catch all you podcasters on the flip side. In the meantime... Check Sam out on Instagram. I'm the Sam. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm on Instagram at Nathan Mitchell Photography. So hit me up. And uh, all right, Leaner Man. All right.